How are we doing? We're ready? We're going to jump into number four, but before we do, why don't we go ahead and pray and just welcome the Holy Spirit into our place. Lord, I just want to thank you so much for just all the work and the way that you've been moving in each of our lives. God, I get so excited just to be able to be in a place of growth and to be around people who have a hunger to grow and that, that hunger for learning and growing, that it never, it never ends. And so, Holy Spirit, you are invited into this place. You have free reign to move and to take us to those places that you want us to go tonight. Father, would our hearts be prepared to, re prepared to receive what it is that you have for us? And would we also be prepared to release to you what was always meant for you to carry in the first place? Bring understanding into our time. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. Okay, so we are going to be talking about type four. This is the romantic, the individualist. Um, I had so much fun studying about type four and just refreshing myself and reading and all of that. Here's the thing with type fours. Uh, they're actually quite rare. You don't find a lot of type fours. And it's sort of interesting because type fours are also very unique. And that's one of the things that's really important to them, that they want to be able to be unique. But that's also the thing that they have a tendency to struggle with as far as feeling different. They have a tendency to feel sort of like on the outside, they feel different. And so they struggle with that, but they also have a yearning for that, kind of a, a, a weird relationship that they have going on. But type fours are also very um, emotional people. They're very much in touch with their emotions, and they are actually more driven by their emotions, uh, how they're feeling at any given moment. They're very driven by that, and they, they really get engulfed by those emotions. So sometimes, you know, a situation that's happening, and maybe it's at a level five for a four, it's probably at a level nine, emotionally speaking. If you know any fours, there could be times when, you know, it was maybe just a disagreement, but a disagreement with a four becomes this a whole drama type of a thing that, that plays out. And so they can be very unique in being in relationship with, but if it's, it's worth helping to understand them and where they're coming from because they also bring so much to the table. So here are the blessings that come with being a four. They are self-aware, introspective, they're creative, they are highly creative, gentle, compassionate, empathetic, intuitive with both themselves and others. So they're the ones that, you know, you can, if, you're, if you're going through something that there's a lot of emotional strain, you can be with them, they can come with you. You can bring them along with you, and they'll be there with you. And they may not get completely wrapped up in your emotion, but they feel enough emotion that they can be empathetic in what you're going through. So for me, as a type two, I'm the person that's probably going to come alongside you when you're going through something very emotional, and I'm going to try and find a solution for you. That's how my brain starts to function, and i got to reel it in. But that's how, my, that's how I'll start to navigate. But for fours, they are in tune enough with their emotions that they can go and just be in the emotion with you. And how many of you, sometimes that's really all you needed. You didn't need me to come in and help try and fix it, or you didn't need someone to come in and organize it. You just really some, wanted someone that just would be with you in the moment of what was happening. 
Those are we type fours. That they're the ones that would be able to do that. So they're supportive, they're compassionate, they're uh, creative and expressive and warm. They care about making a difference. They reflect God's uniqueness. Exodus chapter 9 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Rise up early in the morning and stand before Pharaoh and say to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, Let my people go that they may serve me. For this time I will send all my plagues on you and your servants and your people so that you may know that there is no one like me in all the earth. There is no one like me in all the earth. Fours reflect the uniqueness of God. They're very unique. Now, some of the challenges that come with being a four, uh, they can be a little manipulative because they have real highs and real lows. And so it go, they kind of go back and forth when it comes to their emotions, and that can be very trying when it comes to relationships with the fours. They have this constant feeling that something is missing. And so everything else that they spend trying to feed, whatever it is that, miss, that is missing. Something happened along the way where they just feel like something's missing. They look at everybody else's life, and they think that you have all the pieces together, and somewhere along the line, they're missing a piece. And so it's really challenging for them. So sometimes things can come in like envy or jealousy. Envy is when you have something that I want. Jealousy is when I have something that I'm afraid someone's going to take away. So they'll struggle with envy because your lives are all together. Look at how you're operating in this. I'm missing, it just is this inner thing that just nags at them. I'm missing something. And so that's what makes them different. So they embrace the whole thing of, well, I'm, I'm different. And sometimes they can kind of maybe look down on other people because, well, I'm just different. But that's also the thing that's challenging to them because they really do want to be able to fit in. And they're going around in their lives always feeling like something is missing. And the emotion is driving them. So sometimes they can, can create a little drama. Now, I'm talking about when they're in an unhealthy place. They can create a little bit of drama because they need this high emotion to help drive them. So they can play the victim mentality. They can feel lacking when they compare themselves to others. They can be moody, depressed, withdrawn, self-absorbed, guilt-ridden, and they can feel misunderstood or like an outsider. Again, this is, when, this is the unhealthy part of being a four. These are the challenges that are there. So an example in the Bible would be in the Old Testament, we have Saul, King Saul, okay? Now, I know when you hear about King Saul, we always think about everything that he did to David, right? You know, poor David hiding out in caves and King Saul throwing spears at him. Well, how many of you know King Saul didn't start out that way? He didn't start out King Saul. He started out Saul. And he wasn't trying to be a leader. He wasn't looking for all of this. In fact, when he was the one that was going to be chosen to be the next king or the king, because, you know, God tried to warn Israel, you don't want to go this route, but he let them do what they wanted to do. They couldn't even find Saul. He was not looking for this. They, he, they appointed him for this. But Saul did a lot of wonderful things. And that's the same thing with fours. They bring so much creativity to the world around them and what they do and how they see things. Some of amazing artists were fours because of this place of emotion they have. You've heard of, of what it's like to be melancholic. 
Okay, so being melancholic is different than being depressed. Being melancholic is like more when you're in touch with a, a, an element of sadness, but it's not necessarily unhealthy. You kind of see the world in all of its different textures and shades, and, and that's where you have these artists that come out, or poets or musicians, and they, 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 they create these pieces that take us on an emotional journey. Have you ever experienced that? They're able to take you on this emotional journey. A lot of those people are, were fours because they were so in tune with all the different layers of their emotions. And so we have Saul. First Samuel chapter 14 tells a little bit with what Saul did. He said, now when Saul had taken the kingdom over Israel, he fought against all his enemies on every side, against Moab, the sons of Ammon, Edom, the kings of Zobah, and the Philistines, and wherever he turned, he inflicted punishment. He acted valiantly and defeated the Amalekites and delivered Israel from the hands of those who plundered them. It says he acted valiantly. This was Saul and the healthy version of himself. In fact, after he died, Israel, um, they, they grieved. The nation grieved for him. They loved him. They, they were loyal to him. This was the healthy part of who Saul was. What happened with Saul was that he, this David comes into play. And in the scripture, it talks about these songs that were now being sung and comparing Saul's accomplishments to David's accomplishments. And that's really hard for a four. It's really hard because I'm supposed to be unique and special. There's something different about me. But now I'm not so unique and special because this David is coming up and he's slayed more than I have. And so he starts to look at David, and he starts to get fixated on what he doesn't have. And that is a struggle for a four, that envy. You have something that I want because I feel like I'm not complete. I'm missing something. We have this um, cat in our house. We have two cats and a dog. And our youngest cat is called Pancakes. And pancakes, all of our, any of our pets have always been um, rescue pets, so they're always a little interesting. And pancakes is no exception. And pancakes thinks he's a dog. I kid you not. As early as today, I'm outside and I'm walking back and forth in my yard and I'm reading because I want to read, but I'm also moving. And I'm walking back and forth and there's pancakes following me back and forth. And I pick up a toy and rocket my dog is out there and I throw the toy for my dog to go and fetch it and there goes Rocket and there goes Pancakes chasing after the same toy. He wrestles with Rocket. He'll sleep with our dog Rocket. Like he has to have a paw on him. Just want, like he's his, he's his brother. They're like, I, I, I should have brought pictures because I know sometimes people are like, no, there's no way. Because we got them when they were little around the same time. And Rocket became very, you know, wanting to take care of pancakes. If the kitten got outside, I would see the dog out there picking him up and trying to shove him in the pet door. Like, they just, be, they just established such a relationship. And so what happens with pancakes is when he's, he's taking a nap and he wakes up, he wakes up from his nap and he sits up, and it's almost like he's trying to figure out, have you ever been in such a deep sleep and when you wake up, you're trying to figure out, where am I right now? That ever happened to you? What day is it? Is this planet Earth? Looking at my husband, who are you? 
what's going on right now, right? Okay, so that's Pancakes when he wakes up. He's looking around and you can tell he's trying to figure out his life. And my daughter looks at him one day and then looks at me and she's like, you know what, mom? My cat is broken because he is not normal. My cat is broken. You know, she might be right. But see, that's how a four can feel. They feel like they're, they're broken. There's a missing piece somewhere. And they're constantly chasing, trying to fill that missing piece that is there. So Saul sees David coming up, and now he's starting to play the comparison game. And David has something that Saul wants. He had it at one point, and now he's losing ground on that. And he starts to spiral in his emotions. And you read how they had to have David come in and play this harp, right, for Saul to lift his spirits, right? He was getting depressed, and they helped to lift his spirits. That's what will happen to a four when they're in the unhealthy place and there's all this emotion. They can hit a very deep low, that woe is me place. And that's where David was trying to come in and play this harp and all that. But here's the thing. We have to remember Saul did not start out that way. For fours, you, it doesn't just end up that way. When we know what our challenges are, when we become self-aware, then we can catch it when it's happening. And we can start to put a stop to it, and we can ask ourselves, why am I feeling this right now? Why am I feeling like, like this, this situation, and I have this need to like, just make this like even bigger than what it is right now? Why is that person rubbing me the wrong way because they're able to do this and I'm not doing that? What is it that I feel needs to be fed in me? What is it that I'm feeling is missing in me right now? What is the reoccurring message that's playing in my head? So that's what we have for Saul. This here in 1 Samuel 18, the women sang as they played and said, Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Then Saul became very angry for the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands, but to me they have ascribed thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? Saul looked at David with suspicion from that day on. Now, just across the board, no matter what number personality we are, playing the comparison game is a really dangerous game to play. Really dangerous game to play. I was just talking to my younger son this morning, and we were just talking about Instagram, and I was reminding him that those are only snippets of people's lives. And they are filtered snippets at that. Now, I'm not against it. I am very active on Instagram. I'm not against it. But you got to remember what you're looking at. And sometimes you think that's the other person's life, but you don't really know until you actually get to know the person. And a lot of times, we're trying to navigate our lives based on what's happening in somebody else's life, but we don't really know what's happening in their life. We don't want to play the comparison game. And that can be really hard for the fours. Okay, so a core fear for, uh, fear for the fours is being inadequate, emotionally cut off, plain, mundane, defective, flawed, having no identity, no personal significance. They, their identity comes from being unique and different. I can't be ordinary like everybody else. I'm the different one. There's a little bit of flair to me. There's this, I can't be like everyone else. And the reason why there has to be something different about me is because I feel like something's missing, so I'm trying to compensate for that. The core desire for the four is to be unique, special, and authentic. 
define themselves and their significance. Um, and they are, they're less fours. You'll find it, it's not as easy to be able to find fours. I personally don't know any fours, and I actually put it in my Instagram story um, for my, the people who follow me. Hey, if there's any fours out there, I'd love to hear from you. Because here's just the thing, I can read, I can study, but I'm also a stories person. I love to talk to people. I love to hear personal stories. I want to know if what I am reading matches up with your life and to what extent. And I got one person that responded. And she shared some of the things, and it really connected to what it is I had been studying. But fours are not as common. I have a lot of sevens in my life. I have a ton of twos in my life. Um, I have some fives and sixes, a lot of nines. I have one five. Yeah, a couple of sixes. But the fours, I don't know. I don't personally know any. So they're, they're, they're unique just in themselves. And I think if a four could understand, you don't have to push so hard to be unique. You don't even have to try. It's just the nature of who you are. And if you can just let that flow, you'll find so much happiness and freedom in how God has created you. You don't actually have to push at being unique. You already are. Okay, a core weakness for the four is envy. They believe they're missing something that other people have, feeling that they are tragically flawed, something foundationally is missing inside of them, and others possess, possess qualities that they lack. Core longing, you are seen and loved for exactly who you are, special and unique. That is the longing that they are striving for, the message that they need to hear that they are loved just as they are. They are special. They are unique. You have been fearfully and wonderfully made, right? That's the message that they need to be able to hear and to be able to accept and to be able to receive, that they are loved just as they are. Okay, their growth stress lines. So for a four, when they are not healthy, they go to what an unhealthy two would look like. So they become overly involved and clingy, trying to manipulate others into loving them, begin doing favors and reminding others of how they have supported them. So when they're not in a healthy place, some scenarios that can play out would be, um, and this is something thing I was reading on that can be very common for fours, is they have this sort of um, ping pong effect going back and forth. So if you have a relationship with a four, they're not in a healthy place, they may get like, really aggravated with you. There's some kind of drama, or they create a drama, and they distance themselves, and then give it a little bit of time, and they will slowly start to come back and maybe give some sort of an apology, maybe write like a poem, so do something creative to be able to, to come back in. But there's a lot of that back and forth and back and forth that can happen with them. That's when they're not in a healthy place. And that's why it can be hard when you're in relationship with someone who is a four. Now, what you don't want to do is completely pull away from that person. What you want to be able to do is let them work that out, and you detach yourself from the emotional back and forth that they're creating right there. But you're going to still be there when they're ready to come out of that place. And then you can have that conversation of what happened there. Let's talk about this. But what can happen is that some people will jump ship because of this ping pong, this back and forth that's happening to them. You know, one minute we're great, next minute I don't know what happened. I don't know what I did. 
you know? Just let them work that out. And then when they come into a, like a more level place, then you guys can have that conversation. But this could be what is happening. They're, they're in a stressful place. They're being strained. Something is not balanced at that point. Maybe it could be a lot going on. Maybe something's happened in their life, and emotionally they're not in a very healthy place, and they're doing a lot of that back and forth. Okay, so when they're in a growing place, they're in a healthier place, they tend to look like the healthier one, which means they become more... Um, more objective and principled. They become more grounded and present. Just realize I have the four, and it should be the three and the two. Yes, I'm sorry. So, yes. So the growth goes to the one. That's the wing. So the growth is the one. They become more objective and principled. They become more grounded and present in the here and now, and they become more practical and self-disciplined, not allowing their emotions to, to control them. So when the four is healthy... They, talk, they, they take on the healthy behavior of the one. So they don't just have a dream or desire. They actually put a plan to action and start executing it. They are okay having the emotions, and they're okay just letting the emotions be. I don't always have to act on my emotions. There's this, this saying, you are not your emotions. And that's really important to understand, again, across the board. We are not our emotions because emotions... They constantly change, right? There's one emotion I feel when I look at a bowl of kale. And there's an entirely other emotion I feel when I get a box of dark chocolates. Two very differing emotions that go with that. Emotions, they constantly change. And if we find our identity in our emotions, then what's happening to our identity? is constantly changing, right? So you are not your emotions. That's really important for the four. Okay, so the wings for the four. The wings will be either the three or the five. For the fours with the three wing, they are more extroverted, competitive, upbeat, ambitious, emotionally volatile, concerned with image, flamboyant. They're action-oriented, higher and more consistent energy levels, more poise and confidence, more comfortable with being highly visible. So these are the fours with the three wings. They're a little bit more out there. They have a little bit more energy. They're okay being out in the front a little bit more. Now the five wings tend to be a little bit more introverted. They're more intellectual, withdrawn, reserved, observant, eccentric, prone to melancholy. They're objective and analytical, balances the emotional way of relating. So fours with the wing three are going to be a little bit more extroverted, higher energy that's out there. The fours with the wing five are going to be a little bit more introverted, a little bit more analytical of things, but it balances the, all these emotions that are happening in their life. Okay. Now, they're part of the high heart triad. So again, their primary center is doing or thinking. Their forgotten center is feeling. Now, how can I say their forgotten center is feeling if fours are all about their emotions? Here's why. Because it's not that so much that your, your, your center that you don't feel. It means that the relationship that you have with feeling is a little bit more of a challenge. So for fours, they've got a lot of feeling going on it's just more of a challenge for it to be in a healthy place. I am not my emotions. I am not my feeling. 
A lot of times four bring up the past in their lives. A lot of stories, things that have happened, and they reflect a lot on what's happened in the past and that emotion of what's happened in the past. It's really important for fours that when the past comes, starts coming to the present, that you don't always have to quickly engage that. Now, if you're on a healing journey, that looks a little different because sometimes you have to address those things that happened in the past. But you, would, you look back enough to address it and to face it, and at a certain point, you turn this way and you start walking forward. Does that make sense? So I'm not saying ignore the past. I'm saying there's a way of engaging that for the moment and the purpose of healing and freedom. But once that healing and freedom has come, then you turn back over here. And is the enemy going to want to try and bring the past back to you? Oh, you know he is. And he's probably going to try and do it right when you're about to walk in to a blessing. Because he wants to bring back all that emotion of what it felt like to be rejected, of what it felt like to be not understood, what it felt like to not have acceptance in your life, what it felt like to be on the outside. That's his whole purpose for wanting to do that. So when, if that's been dealt with, it's been nailed at the cross and you left it there, and the enemy wants to start bringing that, then we need to recognize, okay, no, 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 no. That's been dealt with already. The past is coming and trying to ring on my phone, trying to send me a text message. I'm going to swipe and delete. We're not going to engage that right now. Okay, spiritual formation, some biblical truths to pursue. So some Bible verses for force. Psalm 139, verse 13 to 14. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. That's so good for a four to be able to receive that, to meditate on that, chew that, digest that. Because of that desire to be unique, like I said, you're already, just the nature of your personality and how you see the world is already unique. You don't have to try. And you can just enjoy the freedom of how God has put you together. John 15, 11 says, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. When you get stuck in that place of melancholy or more of a down, and maybe that melancholy is turning to maybe an unhealthy place, this is where you can start to pray and just receive that place of joy. I can see all the different layers and textures of the world. I can have all these emotions that are going on, but I can still be seated on this place of joy as I'm navigating it. I'm feeling somebody else's emotion that doesn't have to overwhelm me. I can be in this place of joy. Okay, some practices. Downstream practices. Remember, these are spiritual practices that tend to come naturally to you. So for the four is solitude a tendency to be more introverted and imaginative so this allows for space to be alone with God and themselves and personal spiritual retreats. So fours, like I said, tend to be highly creative. Highly creative. And in one way or the other, something that you're doing in life, they just have a tendency to be highly creative and they have a wonderful imagination. They can get in their head and they can create all of these different scenarios. So on my test, I came up with two. 
And I think I told you guys I retook, I retook it a few weeks ago. I'm a two, but I'm only a few points away from a four. So I was looking at all these things and trying to see, okay, what does this look like for me? And when have I you know, operated in these things? And for a two, when I'm in a healthy place, I tend to look like more of the healthy four. So when this comes to this place of being very imaginative, I could totally relate to that. It is not hard at all for me to get in my head and create a whole like scenario in my head. I used to do it all the time when I was training for competitions. You're a distance runner, you're putting in a lot of miles. So you get in your head, and I would create these grandiose things about, I don't know, I'm in the Olympics. I'm, I'm, I'm going for the gold. And me winning, you know, the world is depending on me, you know? Something crazy like that. And I would picture the person behind me, and I would picture, you know, the crowd. I'd picture the finish line. I'd picture how I, I was running like a gazelle, and I promise you, I look nothing like a gazelle. Nothing, you know? But I got in my head, and I created all this imagery, and it gave me an emotion right? It gave me this emotion of I'm going to win this, and my heart would just like, you know what you feel? Whatever your sport is, but when there's like the winning goal or the, the scoring touchdown or whatever it is, there's emotion that comes up in you, and it would produce this emotion in me that would drive me to keep going. I can get all of that in my head. So you see, this is a wonderful thing that can happen. It can work against us if we're not careful because we become very displeased with the world around us and we can get too stuck in our head. But it can also be a wonderful thing. So being able to have a sign of solitude so that you can just be able to get in your head and just have some time with God. As a four, maybe just imagine that you're walking with the Lord. What would that look like? If you and the Lord could just go someplace, where would you go? I remember someone was, um, I think it was a mentor, asked me, like, what would be a place that you and the Lord hang out? And so I just went in my head, okay, Lord, where would we hang out? And it's the same place that I've had now for years. It's a cabin, and there's a lake out in the front, and it's like, and there's the, the woods, the, the forest all around, and there's trails, and I haven't explored all the trails, but it's there, and I can tell you what the cabin looks like, and there's two, like, rocking chairs on the outside and a table for some lemonade. I can tell you what the stairs look like, and there's pebbles leading up to where the lake is. It's like, it's just all there. So when I just need to go and be with the Lord, and I just really need that special time with him, I just sit, and I close my, my eyes, and I okay, Lord, let's go to our spot. And that's where I go with him. It's a time of solitude and of reflection and of being ministered to. There's times that I can imagine I'm just sitting there on the steps and Jesus is sitting there on the steps with me and, and I can't actually see him, but I can tell it's him. And I'm just leaning on him. And I can tell you when I'm actually in a really, really vulnerable place, there's usually like a blanket draped over me and he's holding me, very much like I would do when my kids were little and they were cold, and I would drape a blanket over them and I would draw them into my body. It feels exactly that way. And I would just be able to imagine that place. That's a wonderful place for a four. Journaling, it creates space to explore their emotions and imagination. 
I would say for fours, you want to be careful about focusing on the negative. Practice thanksgiving, giving thanks, not focusing on what you don't have, but focusing on what you do. Okay, so those are the downstream. The upstream practices where it can be a little more challenging for a four, fellowship, because they have a tendency towards introversion and isolation. This helps draw them out of themselves and towards people. Because fours can get a little bit too caught in their emotions, they can disconnect with people. So it's a little harder to have fellowship because now that's challenging you to connect with other people. Thanksgiving, because there's a tendency towards melancholy, this gives fours a chance to express thanksgiving um, and to get away from a critical spirit or anger. Again, instead of focusing on what I think I don't have, I'm going to focus on everything that God has blessed me with. And I'm going to give thanks for that. So that's for the uh, Thanksgiving. Okay, some daily practices. Be intentional about expressing appreciation for what's present and unique in the people you love around you instead of focusing on what's missing. Saul, when he looked at David, instead of being able to look at him and really fully express Thanksgiving and to appreciate what David was going to bring to the table, because it was for such a time as this. You know, we have leaders that come, and the way has God has crafted them to lead, and the mission that God has given them to lead was for that season. And when another leader now comes in after that leader has now gone on to something else, we, we shouldn't expect them to do it exactly the same way that the person before them did it. Because it's a different season, right? And maybe what God wants to do is a different thing. It may not look the way we would have done it, but a good leader knows to allow that to be. And so instead of Saul looking at David and releasing him from that, he felt challenged by him, and he just saw what it is that David had and he didn't have. So for fours, something that you can do on a daily basis is instead of looking at what other people have and seeing it as a threat to you, you can look at them and appreciate their own uniqueness appreciate what they bring to the table and give thanksgiving for that and actually call that out in them because it really will start to work on your own heart. Stop fantasizing about the ideal relationship, career, or community because it's never going to be perfect. You're never going to have the most ideal thing. So stop fantasizing about what would be like the perfect spouse, the perfect partner, the perfect career, the perfect ministry. Because a lot of times that's coming from everything that you're seeing and you're, and you're looking at what maybe you feel is missing in that. But instead, be that person where you can say, I'm going to work with what I have and I know God is going to bless that. And what is supposed to be is what God is going to make it to be. Okay. Listen to others when they share stories about their own suffering. It's not just you. Listen to other people's stories about what they're going through. You know, as fours, there's a lot of deep emotion that's being felt, but it doesn't mean that there aren't other people who have emotions as well. And their emotions are just as valid. So hear their stories. Again, it reminds you that it's not just you. You're not the only one that, are, that feels these things. Okay, ways to show love to a four. Don't try to change them into what you want them to be. Here's why. Because they already feel different and on the outside. In life, they've already felt like, you know, for some, they feel like the oddball or like I don't connect the same way. 
So if when you try to change them into what you want them to be, you're basically communicating to them again, you don't belong. So we don't want to do that. Express what you appreciate about them and reinforce that there is no, nothing missing in them. Tell them what you appreciate about them. Remind them that, especially when you see them striving and they're trying to find like what's that, that missing place, like I just feel like I'm never quite there. Remind them that they are just beautiful the way God has created them. Affirm their gifts by being intuitive, having a vision and creativity. Give them space to feel and express their emotions with, without trying to fix them. If they're going through a lot of emotion, just create some space. Don't walk away, but just let them work that out. Maybe they want to talk. Just hear it. Just listen. Practice just listening to them. You don't need to go in and immediately try and answer it all and fix things for them. And help them see beyond the emotional level without devaluing their emotions. Basically, this speaks to all of us. We want people to see us, right? I don't think there's anyone in this room, even if you're the most introverted or you're the shyest person, there is no one here that wants to be invisible, that they don't have an inner yearning for someone to see them, to know that they exist, to not just hear them speaking, but actually listen to the words coming out of their mouth. We all have a desire for that. With the fours, make sure that they know that you are listening to them, that you hear them, and that you see them as well. One more thing. When they're expressing their emotions, if they, if they want to be able to, they're talking about it, and I know we said we don't want to fix them, and so you're not trying to give statements of what they should do, here's something that you can do if you feel like there needs to be conversation. Ask questions. They say, oh, well, I'm just feeling like this. I just feel like I just, I just, I can never connect. I can just never fit. I've just, I've gone at least three times to that group, and I just never feel like I can fit in. Instead of telling them what you think that they should do to fit in, ask them a question. Well, why do you think that is? Why do you feel like you don't fit in? What's happened that led you to believe that? Okay, well, well what do you think God says about that? Here's what happens when you ask questions. It helps them get to that place of processing the emotion from what is true and what is feeling, right? because feelings are always changing, and now they can take ownership of, oh, this is where I'm at, and this is where I want to go. Does that make sense? So that gives you a little bit of something that you can do when you're working with the four. I loved reading about how unique the fours are and just how creative they are and how imaginative they are. I am so thankful. If there are any fours here, you don't have to raise your hand, but if there are any fours here, so grateful for the way that you see and experience all the different layers and textures of our world, you bring so much beauty to our world. All right. All right, so I, whoa, that's really loud. So I wanted to share with you guys a couple of thoughts along the lines of a four, um, because some of you may or may not be, as Brenda mentioned, it's probably the smallest grouping of types. Um, I know because I've looked at everybody's um, Enneagrams, we have several fours in our, in our miss. Um, but that said, if you look at your triads, how many of you are ones? How many of you are ones? Your triad is a four. How many of you are twos? I'm both of these. Your triad is a four. 
So you might think, oh, that's not really me. But let me tell you a story. This happened actually the last couple of days. Like I told you guys, this material is amazing to me because it's helping me discover like my lens, how I see stuff. So I am a, a, a one and a two. The numbers are one point apart. <clears throat> so I, that means in some settings, I'm very perfectionist oriented. And in some settings, I'm very helper oriented. When I'm in perfectionist mode, I go to a negative four and I get critical. Kids, my two daughters are here. Do I get that way when, when I'm not getting what I want? Look, don't say it out loud. Say, Dad, we love you. You're amazing. But they're, they're both shaking their heads because the perfectionist in me gets edgy with the four. Like I do the critical, like no one understands me. If they really love me, they would value what I see. That, that's what you do. Now, as a two, which is more the pastoral trait in me, that goes to a healthy four. So I'm the one who can sit with a couple in counseling and go, what could your marriage be? Show me what it looks like. Tell it, like I can draw it out of them very, very well because that's a healthy side of that particular trait. So some of you might be sitting in the room going, you know, like if I look at four, four is actually my second lowest overall trait. But in triads, it's my highest two traits. So you got to pay attention to how the stuff weaves together. So some of you might think this doesn't apply to me at all. It, it does. It probably touches most all of us in the room based on the triads and the wings. So I want to encourage you guys, you're going to break into your group shortly when you talk. If it's not you specifically, or maybe you don't have a lot of fours in your particular group, look at your triads, look at your wings, because that'll also open up discussion because you'll touch into some of these traits and they'll make a little more sense for you. Good? Good. Can we give another round of applause for Brenda? It's great.